Welcome back to another episode of the Legendary Life Podcast. I'm your host, Ted Rice, and this is the show that is all about transforming your health, your body, and your life. And before I get to today's episode, I have a very special announcement to make. I am super excited to announce that Natural Stacks is the first sponsor of the Legendary Life Podcast. And in celebration of this sponsorship, Natural Stacks is giving the Legendary Life listeners a 30% off discount site-wide. So go to naturalstacks.com, search around for some supplements that you want to take and type in T-E-D-R-Y-C-E in all capital letters, no space, Ted Rice, my name, please spell the last name right, R-Y-C-E, at checkout, and you will get 30% off for up until September 1st. So you have then to try out some supplements. And I know many of you are taking natural stack supplements because of my recommendations. And I can't tell you how much I value how much you trust me. I don't take that lightly. And it was, I'll be honest with you, it's hard to make this arrangement with them because I've been approached by so many businesses. Hey, do you want to sell sometimes weird things? Someone wanted me to sell like arm sweat neutralizer or something like that. It was completely ridiculous and tried to tell me that, oh, well, it's going to help people with their confidence. I said, no, I'm trying to promote more sweat. You don't understand me, the show, the listeners, and I would look like an idiot and a fool. It wouldn't work for anybody. Hell no, <laughs> right? But after turning down so many people, I realized that this is a business. It needs to sustain itself. So I've been looking for arrangements where everybody wins. That means you. That means me. That means this podcast that I'm so passionate about. That means the business who is also coming into the arrangement. And Natural Stacks is the chosen one. And that's because not only do they have high quality supplements in an industry, the supplement industry, that is pretty shady, pretty sketchy. They also have the values, the integrity that I believe I stand for as well. And I've talked to Ben Herbert from Natural Stacks and Ryan Munsey, the chief optimizer, and decided that, you know what? Since people are already taking the supplements already, since I'm already taking the supplements, we can all benefit together. So you have until September 1st and to type in the promo code TED RICE, T-E-D-R-Y-C-E, all capital letters, no space, and you will get 30% off your order. So if you like the natural protein that I did a review on and you're looking for a protein powder that's clean, that also has colostrum and collagen. Collagen will help your joints if you have some arthritic issues. The collagen will help your immune system if you're training hard, or perhaps the MagTech, which is a phenomenal magnesium supplement. It's the only magnesium supplement that hasn't given me the runs when I take it. The only oral magnesium supplement, because you know that I'm a big fan of transdermal magnesium as well. I can't wait to try out more of their supplements. They're high quality. It comes from a good company. We're all going to win in this. And I know you trust me or else you wouldn't keep coming back. But to help you trust me and this arrangement even more, I'm bringing on Ryan Munsey for today's episode. Ryan has a fascinating story about when he was studying nutrition in university and how he got away from it because of the bad information you're going to hear how he ended up working for Natural Stacks. Then we're going to get into some supplement insider secrets. So things that you won't hear from anybody else because Natural Stacks is a supplement company and they're aware of their competitors and the other supplement companies that are engaging in shady and sketchy practices. In fact, that's how Natural Stacks kind of got started because it's such a crazy business if you start to sell yourself on the values that you have, the integrity that you have, 
then that sets you apart from other supplement companies and that's what Natural Stacks is about. But I'm gonna let you be the judge. Listen to this episode with Ryan. See if you feel like he's an authentic, real guy because I felt that way. I'm starting to consider Ryan a friend even because he's such a cool guy, because he's so straightforward. And we do get into some talk about supplements, so you're going to learn a lot. We're going to talk about training. We're going to talk about what Ryan does to stay in such great shape because he is in great shape. And remember, if you go to naturalstacks.com, we are celebrating with a 30% off site-wide on every single supplement they have. Just type in Ted Rice at checkout, and you will get 30% off of your order up until September 1st. Enough with the talk, enough with the plugs. I know you're going to love this episode with Natural Stacks Chief Optimizer, Ryan Munsey. Ryan Munsey, welcome to the Legendary Life Podcast. Ted, I'm pumped to be here. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. And we connected recently, probably a few months ago. You are the chief optimizer at Natural Stacks, a supplement company that I really love and appreciate because of what you guys are are promoting, not just in the great supplements that you have, but also with the, the initiatives that you've launched, trying to up the level of integrity in the supplement business, which uh, there's a total lack of. (laughs) And I want to get into that and more, but you have this great story. You are a former athlete. You have a degree in nutrition, but you became a fitness model. I don't want to ruin the story. So let's hear it. How did you get into this business and how did you end up with natural stacks as the chief optimizer? I think it's a pretty cool story. It's it's fun to talk about, but you know who doesn't like to talk about themselves, right? So in in nootropics, you know, we always joke and and say like you know that you're going down the rabbit hole, and I kind of feel like where I am in in my in, you know the narrative or the arc of my life or career trajectory is is just because I've I've said yes to a lot of things, pursued things that piqued my interest, and and kind of went down that rabbit hole of life, so to speak. So like you said, I was a former athlete. I played sports growing up uh, my whole life. I went to Clemson University, was not a good enough athlete to play at that level and started lifting weights to kind of fill that void that, you know, most athletes find when they stop playing competitively. And when I started lifting, it turned into, you know, I fell in love with bodybuilding and started doing a couple of bodybuilding shows, met some people that said, hey, you should be a model. You're too tall to be a bodybuilder. So I said, all right, let's, you know, see what that's all about. I don't mind getting paid to, you know, try to look good and, you know, lift weights. So the whole time I'm, I'm finishing college, my degree is food science and human nutrition. So I, I became obsessed with, you know, the, the fact that, we can change our bodies, the way they look, the way they perform, and also the way our minds perform. I think what I do now is kind of an extension of that. So you know from being in fitness and and playing with nutrition that the stuff we've always been doing was sort of biohacking before biohacking was a word. Yep. Long story short, let's see, the spring break of my last year in college, I went to New York, signed a modeling contract. As soon as I graduated, I moved to New York, lived up there for almost a year doing the fashion and fitness modeling, started working as a personal trainer up there, started helping people, other models with their diets, moved back home because you know modeling was not really what I wanted to pursue. Uh, after I had been in it for a while, I realized it wasn't you know where I wanted to spend the rest of my life. Started training people back home, started my own gym in 2012 called House of Strength. And from there, I started listening to podcasts, got hooked on Bulletproof Radio very early on in, uh, let's see, what else was I listening to? Of course, Joe Rogan, a couple others. And and I said, you know, hey, I want to do this. And uh, so I started a podcast for the gym 
met natural stacks. I was a bulletproof ambassador. So really got into a lot of the biohacking stuff, met a lot of people there. Natural stacks brought me in to do their podcast. And it's really just evolved from there, from the podcast. Like you said, my title is now chief optimizer. I'm helping out with, with a lot of different things there. And, uh, it's just, it's been a great ride getting to meet awesome people do cool stuff along the way, continuing to try to find ways to, to optimize, our mental and physical performance, the way our bodies feel. So yeah, it's just an extension of wanting to be as healthy as we can and, and kick as much ass as we can. I love that. And I feel like we're kindred spirits because you and I have recognized that fitness, health, nutrition, biohacking <laughs> goes way beyond just, oh, can I see my six pack or, or how do you work your bicep peak, bro? <laughs> I mean, that stuff's okay. I, but as I've gotten older, as I've started to become more of a person who's trying to help other people, I've gotten away from that. I mean, I'm happy with the way my body looks, but it's become secondary. It's more about like training my body and mind to be successful, to wake up and do what I need to do to, to help people reach their goals. And I feel like you're on the same wavelength with that. I want to get into that more, but before we do, you and I had a conversation before and you were talking about how you studied human nutrition in college and how you became disillusioned with the information that they were, that a, a lot of people think like, Oh, you studied nutrition in college. That must be like a really hard science. Can you talk about what you learned and how you moved away from that as you started to learn things outside the formal <laughs> academic realm? Disillusioned is a great word for it. I think I really started to get hooked on lifting and, and I switched majors. So when I started at Clemson, my first major was packaging science. And I wanted to switch because I was getting so interested in physical performance. I wanted to switch to exercise physiology or something like that, exercise science. Clemson didn't offer that. The closest I could get was food science and human nutrition. So I did that. And there were two concentrations. My concentration was dietetics. So basically, if I had done an internship after college, I could be a registered dietitian. So that's my undergraduate training or schooling. So I'm, I'm kind of living this almost double life in college where in class, I'm learning the, the college curriculum of nutrition. But anytime I'm not in class, I'm either at the gym lifting or I'm on the internet reading, trying to figure out how to get where I want to be, you know? So I, I think most of us can relate to that. You know, when you become interested in bodybuilding or fitness or whatever it is, for me, it was T Nation and Elite Fitness. I think when I was in college, there was a time where I could tell you definitively that I had read every single article that was on T Nation's website probably anything posted prior to 2010, I've read. <laughs> it was just, that's all I did. I read that stuff. And, and I, I was exposed to people like John Berardi, Charles Poliquin, Christian Thibodeau, uh, John Meadows, who were saying things that really clicked and registered, you know, in an, kind of like an aha or a common sense thing. The science was there. The science corresponded with the science that I was learning in my science classes. The disconnect was that in the curriculum for the nutrition programs, you know, you take all these sciences. I took every every freaking science that you can imagine, biochemistry, microbiology, of course, organic chemistry, chemistry, biology, you name it, I took it. But then when you go to the nutrition classes, so like nutrition therapy or or any of these other community nutrition where you have to learn how to program diets for facilities with varying numbers of beds, whether it's a nursing home, a hospital, how do you program school lunches? The stuff that we were learning in there was completely disconnected with the science and, and the way. So here's an example for this. For school lunches, the sausage on a square of sausage pizza is enough protein to count that food as the protein unit 
for a school lunch in order to get federal funding from the government for the school lunch program. Yeah. And, and you know, I think we, we can all remember what it was like to eat cafeteria food when we were in elementary school or, or, or high school. And the scary part about that is that the government is saying, yeah, this, this is what is acceptable or, or this is what we should be feeding kids. You know, another example was in, in MNT, uh, medical nutrition therapy. Uh, that was a two semester course and you learned how to program diets for different medical conditions. Well, one of them being, you know, of course you talk about Crohn's and celiac and one of them obviously was diabetes. Well, the typical diet that we are taught in nutrition programs to recommend to people is 60% carbohydrate. So, I mean, first of all, I, th I think most people who have studied a little bit of how to eat on their own would realize that 60% carbohydrate is a very, very, very high carb diet. Especially for someone who's is sick and bedridden and not well, hitting their weight <laughs> training in the gym, yeah, right, right. So, so that's just like that's kind of like that's the default diet that we were taught to to prescribe for people. If someone was diabetic, which you know we we learned that basically if you're if you're diabetic, whether it's type one or type two, it means that you have an issue handling carbohydrates that your body doesn't handle blood sugar and insulin and all that, it varies from type 1 and type 2. But you know, to, to make this story a little bit shorter, let's just say that if you're diabetic, you have an issue with carbohydrates. So the answer or the solution in this class was to drop the prescribed carbohydrates from 60% of total intake all the way down to 50%. That's five zero, half. Half of your calories are going to come from carbs, the thing that you don't handle or tolerate. So, you know, here I am, I'm, I'm in the back of the classroom, I'm, I'm mixing my, you know, salsa and tuna and, you know, weighing and measuring everything. And I'm, I'm the kid in the back of the class making the room smell like tuna. And, you know, my, my teachers are overweight. They're talking about how it's okay to drink Coca-Cola and all foods fit. And, you know, hey, we're going to make some cake today. And, you know, the, the all foods fit thing is because what I, what I ended up finding out, and I think, you know, most people who are in the, it's probably more common knowledge today in 2016 than it was in, you know, the early 2000s, or at least to me as a college age kid, that, you know, those programs are funded by big food. Mm -hmm. So, so you're not going to have a program that's basically biting the hand that feeds it, uh, pun not really intended, but you know, if, if you want it to be, it can be. So, you know, I did, I, I became very disillusioned, as you said earlier with, you know, here I am, I'm, I'm, you know, this is my college education and I'm, I'm being told that, you know, it's okay to drink Pepsi or Coca-Cola and, you know, that macaroni and cheese is an acceptable food source for, you know, a dairy and a starch unit. And it's like, that was completely flying in the face of the things that I was reading outside of class. And, um, you know, the things that I was reading and, and experimenting on with myself, I'm seeing, you know, huge progress and, and benefit and results from. I'm hanging out with other bodybuilders. I'm going to competitions. You know, I'm talking to these guys. And I just knew when I graduated, like, I, I do not want to continue to go down this road. I don't want to be a part of that orthodoxy that is spreading, I don't want to say misinformation, but I certainly feel like then and now the information coming from the powers that be to the public in regards to how to eat is not the best information. Yeah. And we're not going to talk about it too much because I really want to focus on the other things. And, and I think everybody who listens to this show is on board with that. But why does dairy get its own food group? Why are grains you know, have its own food group. It's like, no, that's obviously, like you said. Because uh, they're types of farming. Right, and, exactly. And there's a lot of money and lobbying and big food and, yeah, so. Yeah, you said it. There's That's the farming, right, and the, the subsidies. And, yeah, you can't get your nutrition information from the government. And the whole MyPlate thing, they tried to do a better version of it and uh, it was slightly better. But again, it's the same thing. And huge issues in, in, in uh, the agriculture, food, nutrition information, just like in the pharmaceutical world as well. 
So, so <laughs> we could talk about that for a long time, but it's interesting to see, like, I have a similar story, although I didn't go into what you into, went into nutrition, but I started with T Nation and I really was studying in school, studying the stuff, doing enough to pass exams. But then I went and read what the successful people were doing in health right. and fitness and uh, including T Nation. Great, great source of information, especially in the, the early days. Man, so you went from there. You you said, ah, this is not working out. You obviously did not do your, what do, what do they call it again? Internship afterward, yes. where you would have to <laughs> be underneath someone who's <laughs> telling you, okay, let's have our serving of dairy for this sick person and serving a grain in the 50% carbohydrate meal for the type 2 diabetic that we're about to treat with medical nutrition therapy, man, I, I can only imagine. Yeah. So you went on from there and you started your gym. You obviously got way away from that. You got into the biohacking type of mentality, the, the approach where it's more than just physical optimization is physical and mental optimization. You're listening to Bulletproof Radio. Can you take us on the journey into that realm? Why did you become interested in mental optimization? Yeah, that's a really good question. I think I've just I've always been fascinated by the the ability that we have as humans to be able to be more, do more. And at the time, I this was probably 2012, 2013, somewhere in that range, I don't know exactly, but I mean, I was a new business owner. So making the shift from spending all my time reading T Nation or, or other fitness type you know, journals or magazines to shifting my focus to, to trying to acquire as much business knowledge as I can. I think you said something earlier about you know, finding out what the successful people are doing. There's a quote, you know, success leaves footprints. And I love that. And I think whatever your pursuit is, you want to find people who have done what you want to do or are doing at a high level the thing you want to do, where you want to be. And, you know, if you can reach out to them, talk to them, find out what works for them, but, but even just watching them, seeing what they do. So, but, you know, so back to getting into biohacking, I came across it. And as a business owner, I was just trying to learn as much as I could about management, leadership, finance, you know, psychology, marketing, you know, all these things that I hadn't really been paying attention to because I'd been reading about science and food, right? And fitness. And it was like, all right, now I've got these people saying that I can take in more information and I can remember more of it and I can be clearer mentally. And it, it just, it, it was very appealing to me. I should also say that the whole time I was going through college and, and getting into the fitness stuff, I experimented with every type of diet imaginable just because when you read that stuff, they all say, hey, this is the best way to eat. Right. So, so naturally, I, I mean, I just, I always had that mindset of, well, I want to know what works for me. So, you know, in, in biohacking, they always talk about this N equals one, where you run these experiments on yourself. And, and that's just kind of how I'd always been uh, before I even realized that, you know, that was a thing. So, you know, I tried the warrior diet. I tried intermittent fasting. I, I really liked the fewer meals, you know, like one or two big meals or, or using that eating window as opposed to, you know, six, seven, eight meals a day. It just fit lifestyle better for me. So, you know, especially when I heard Dave Asprey in, in the Bulletproof diet where it was like, you know, and I love coffee too. So it's like, hey, you can drink coffee, add butter to it in the morning and then you know, eat one or two meals later in the day, and, and you're good to go. That really appealed to me. And the problem that I had always had in the past with intermittent fasting or warrior diet type approaches was that inevitably it, it, it worked. It felt great for anywhere from two to four weeks. But then I would always lose strength. I would lose size, and I would hit a wall. And I would basically take one step forward and then two steps backwards. Uh, but what I found with the, the Bulletproof coffee was that it gave me enough calories through the morning to, you know, first of all, like when you drink it, it's like the world goes from black and white to being in color. 
you know, so, so I liked that right away. That was an instant result or benefit that, that, you know, said, Hey, this was good. Let's keep doing this. But I never crashed like I had with other intermittent fasting protocols. So, you know, I've been doing a version or a variation of that since 2012 because it just works for me. Uh, I realize it may not work for other people, but it works for me. So, like I said, I mean, once you realize that, hey, there are things that I can do, ways that I can set up my day or my, my routine to help optimize, you know, my brain. Like once you feel that, it's like corrective lenses or it's like eating right, you know, you don't really know corrective lenses. Like the first time you, if, if you wear glasses or contacts, until you went and your eye doctor said, you know, hey, is this better? You didn't know that you could see this much better, right? So I like that analogy. So when you, when you start playing with nootropics or, or you get into some of this stuff uh, and, and you realize how much faster you can consume information or how much better you can remember things or assimilate ideas. It's just a really cool thing. And, you know, I, I think, like you said, I've kind of made that transition too, where it's like, I really don't care what the peak of my bicep looks like. I'm, I'm way beyond uh, worrying about how many burpees I have to do to burn the calories in whatever food item you want to talk about. You know, there's, there's more to life than, than being in the gym. And if I can do things that help me and, and obviously help other people optimize that and, and achieve that experience that to me, that's what life is all about is, is those experiences. Yeah. Interesting. And because a lot of guys go down that road of bodybuilding, I know I went down that road and you're eating the five, six meals a day, protein shakes, working, spending a lot of time in the gym. And then a lot of guys don't ever move on from that or they quit altogether because they don't have any other options because that's most people get their fitness information from general fitness magazines, men's health, whatever shape magazine for women and uh, bodybuilding. And I'm curious. So you experimented with a bunch of different diets and I know you just said you don't care about the way you look but you are a beast I've seen <laughs> I've seen you work out in your uh social media posts what do your workouts look like today what does your diet look like today is it still the bulletproof coffee thing and two meals later and uh what are you doing for exercise all right so let's clarify I said I don't care what I look like I, I do care I do still care it's just not you know, I'm not trying to get paid for, you know, looking good in my underwear. So the not anymore. At right. Least. <laughs> right. The, the degree yeah. to which I care is, is less than it used to be. Let's, let's put it that way. So no, I mean, I think, look, we, we all want to look our best. We all want to feel our best. If my energy levels and mood are, they're more important to me than the way I look. But what I've also realized now is that by focusing on those things, the training, I will kind of go into the next part where you're asking about what my training looks like. I mean, really, I kind of just do whatever I feel like. And I know that so, sounds so weird for somebody who, you know, has been a, a personal trainer and a strength coach and, and in the fitness industry. But I feel like auto regulation is, is so much better for me than like, I don't want to knock 531. I think 531 is a great program, but I use that as an example where like I can remember in the past following that program or, or any other program and saying like just that mental thought or, or you know you, you feel like if I don't do this then I'm going to go backwards or I'm going to lose my fitness or, or I'm not going to gain strength and and that's just not true I mean I feel like I'm stronger today I know I'm stronger today than I've ever been in my whole life you know I'm, I'm I'm able to deadlift, squat, bench more than I ever have. You know, if I want to get up tomorrow morning and go do Bikram yoga, I will. If I want to go walk on the beach, go play volleyball, uh, I can go do those things. I think part of that mental evolution of saying, like, you know, I, I don't want to spend the rest of my life living for the 60 minutes that I spend in, inside of a fitness center, you know? So for me, it's, Whatever I do lifting or fitness-wise now has to enhance my life as opposed to being my life or, or being this thing where I'm, you know, driving myself into the ground because, you know, that's what hardcore is. And, and Were you a CrossFitter, Ryan? 
No, it was kind of like bodybuilding and then more into like powerlifting, strongman. The gym that I had looked very much like a CrossFit facility. We were not a CrossFit affiliate. I have spent some time in CrossFit gyms. I have recently done some, you know, some phases that had a lot of CrossFit in them. I think there's a lot of good in CrossFit and and I'll still follow some programming where people put out wads and if it's a wad that looks fun, I'll I'll go, you know, that could be my workout for the day. But but you know, to answer your question about what my workouts look like, yeah, it's just if I think something looks cool, I do it. If I don't think it looks cool, I don't. I still do track, you know, I keep a workout log. I think that's something that's really important because, you know, you, you do want to make sure that you're making progress. If I start to lose strength, then, you know, I'll say, hey, what I'm doing is not working. Because I, I really do feel like strength is, is I want is it Charles Staley, I think, had this quote originally that was, you know, strength is the adaptation that leads to all other adaptations. Oh, I love that. Yeah, I'll have to. Yeah, and, hit Charles up. Yeah. And I mean, you know, my the name of my gym was House of Strength. I mean, I have this reverence for strength because I know that, you know, look, if if a if a forty year old mom comes in and says, you know, I want this, this, and this, you know, but she can't hold a plank or or do a body weight squat, you know, we know you and I know we need to work on movement patterns, we need to work on basic strength. And is if those things improve, then all the things that are built on those will also improve, you know, whether it's work capacity or, or performance or, or it, it, most of the qualities and traits that people say that they want really do rely on your ability to move and, you know, your, the, the force that you can produce. So, you know, I think strength and movement and I'm always focused on those things with what I'm doing now. And as far as my diet goes, yes, I am working on a podcast for our show, the Optimal Performance Podcast. We're trying to do a roundtable on ketones. So I've been experimenting with ketones and ketosis for the sake of the, uh, of the podcast. But an average day for me would be wake up, drink bulletproof coffee. I use ghee and either MCT or the brain octane oil. And then I'll either eat one giant meal at, say, 1 or 2 o'clock or I'll have about half of my day's food then and half later. It just depends on the day. Yeah, so there's some days where with the ketones, I've got some that I'll take first thing in the morning if I'm going to go do a workout first thing in the morning. Otherwise, I'm usually lifting sometime between 12 and 2, and I usually would lift right before I have that one meal for the day. Hmm, interesting. Yeah. And and I think there's a lot of importance. I think there's a lot of wisdom. Once you get to a certain point doing auto-regulation, I've gone back and forth with writing programs down for clients and then not and just kind of and writing programs down for myself and not I think a guy like you who's at that level can do that what would you recommend would you recommend that for someone who didn't have as much experience as you or knowledge short answer is no uh, and that's a that's a great question I, I'm, I'm really glad you, you asked that because this is something that I've thought about, and, and as I gave that answer, it didn't even cross my mind. But yeah, you're right. I'm, I'm glad you pulled that out. So I, I guess I first learned the word autoregulation from Christian Thibodeau, and it's something that you know he practiced and, and he uses. And I guess it, it's, it has taken me a long time to get to where I am now and to be able to autoregulate, to be able to say, you know, if I'm three sets in on front squats or, or you know, deadlifts and I'm supposed to, again, like that's where, like, you know, when, when you have a program where you feel like, oh, because on paper it says I'm supposed to do this weight for this many sets and this many reps today. But I can tell you that every time I've ever hurt myself in the gym, I knew, at least in the back of my mind before it happened, that like my body wasn't ready to perform what I was asking it to perform on that day. Right. So like all those all those little tweaks, you know, if you get something in your shoulder or in your back or, or, you know, something like that, you know, I'm, I'm finding that I'm able to avoid those now just by assessing my body. And, and you know, the ego is, is no longer there when I'm lifting. I know that if I'm consistent and, and dedicated that the, the strength will go up, PRs will happen. So I'm no longer chasing them. I'm no longer making any one workout 
like the highlight or, or this event, you know, where I've got to load up on NO boosters and, and, you know, caffeine and, and my favorite music. And, you know, I'm just, I'm in a place where it's like, all right, I, I'm going to get in and get in a workout and, and it is what it is. If I feel great, I'll go for a PR. If I feel like dog crap, then I'm just going to do what my body's ready to do today. And I know now that that alone is progress just by doing what it can do. Uh, it keeps me moving forward. So yeah, I think the short answer is no. I, I don't think that that's something that, that we as coaches could write for anybody. I think if you were, if, if you were a coach and, and you could work one-on-one with the client in person, that you would have a much better chance of auto-regulating successfully. But I, I don't think auto-regulation is something that you can write into a, you know, a digital online program uh, unless, like you said, the the client or the person doing it, you know, is is in that place and has that experience. Yeah, just curious. I, I thought that would be your answer because oh, you've never worked out before. Just <laughs> go and do what feels right to you. Push as right. hard as. <laughs> well, and but, I think, and, but I wanted and, to hear your your answer. And I think you also have to have an exercise bank, right? So, like you mentioned, you know, this person that's never been in the gym before. Like to me. It's really simple. Like you and I could say, hey, an easy template is a lower body. For a full body workout, an easy template would be a lower body dominant move, an upper body push, and an upper body pull. You and I and and many of your listeners could probably use that combination in an infinite number of ways and never do the same workout. You know, I was was having a conversation at a non-fitness event with somebody last weekend and I I brought that up and they're like, I I don't even know what uh, an upper body push movement would be or an upper body pull movement would be. So it's like I think part of being able to auto-regulate is knowing that, hey, I can't back squat today, but I might be able to trap bar deadlift without hurting my back. You know, so so being able to know which exercises to sub in and, and which ones could still count in certain categories. So I think that's a big part of auto-regulation too. Yeah, interesting. I want to change gears a little bit because we haven't talked about what we are kind of here to talk about, which is the supplement industry and natural yep. stacks and the role natural stacks plays in the supplement industry. Since I've talked about natural stacks on this show and in YouTube videos and when we did that first connection that I had with Ben, can you, I introduced the whole supplement company, but can you talk a little bit about natural stacks and how it's different than other companies? For sure. You know, I think natural stacks came to be because, you know, basically people like you and I, There's tons of people out there like us that say, you know, I only want to put the best in my body. I also want to know exactly what's in every single supplement that I'm going to put in my body. You know, we're the type of people who we pick something up and we go straight to the ingredient label. What's in this? What's it supposed to do? And, you know, the front of the package. No, I actually read the marketing and get really pumped up from the marketing. You do? That's how you no, make no, I don't, decisions? No, <laughs> right. no, no way. Yeah, right? But a lot of people do. They're actually, Giselle's like that. And a lot of people are like that. It says well, right here, it's going to boost strength and boost muscle. No, it's like, read the ingredients. That's what's really in the, yeah, the bottle. Exactly. So I, I think sports nutrition is a $32 billion industry. A lot of people are spending money in it. There is a huge demand for it. And, a, and I would say there's a large percentage of people making their purchases, unfortunately, by, you know, what the front says, you know, super rhino explode, you know, muscle gain 8,000 or something, right? Well, you know, you and I are going to look at this and be like, all right, well, what's in this? What's really, you know, doing the work? And and so that was kind of the genesis for natural stacks was we want proteins that we want to take. We want the magnesium that we want to take and that, that we want our parents to take. And it's not you know this, and, and maybe your listeners know this too, but I mean, there are so many supplement companies uh, getting busted by the FDA for not meeting label claims, uh, for spiking their products with uh, you know sugar. We write about this a lot on our blogs because we want people to, to know what's going on out there. There have been several protein powders that have had 18 
1,800%, so like 1,800% more sugar in the test than is claimed on the label. Even like big name brands, brands that, you know, as Can you I share, I mean, uh, call them out. Well, yeah. I mean, so, so one of GNC's products was tested and it's supposed to have 25 grams of protein per serving. It only had 12 and a half. If you, do you do show notes for your podcast? I do. Okay. I will send you uh, links to our blog posts where we, we, we put all these on a blog post and, and people can read through. You'll see exactly which brand, exactly where they you know didn't meet label claims, whether it was too little protein powder, too much sugar. Uh, there have been athletes. We all know athletes who fail drug tests because you know there's stuff in their supplements. You know, a, a lot of these athletes are, are actually doping and blaming it on supplements, but there are some who take a supplement that has something in it that they didn't know was in it. And, and some of this is hidden under what's called proprietary blends. And I know this is something that you wanted to talk about with, with open source. And so a proprietary blend means, you know, if, if I tell you that I'm going to make a creatine supplement and my product one serving of my product contains 1,000 milligrams or one gram of Ryan Muncy's super creatine. And then, you know, when you, when you read it on the back, you know, so the front of this thing could be, you know, super creatine, blah, 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 blah. And then on the back, it says, you know, a serving is one gram or 1,000 milligrams. If I do a proprietary blend and I can say, hey, it has creatine monohydrate, it has creatine phosphate, it has some other type of, you know, crazy creatine, and then it has, you know, sodium bicarbonate or something. I can literally put one milligram of each of the creatines and 997 milligrams of filler. And you think you're taking a gram of creatine, but you're really only getting three milligrams of the active ingredient or what you think you're taking. But by law, I am meeting my label claims. I'm not doing anything wrong. It's very unethical and it's very shitty, but it's very legal and very possible. And that's why the open source initiative is such a big deal for us at Natural Stacks. So when we talk about raising the standard in the supplement industry, you know, that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to say, look, we're only making products with the most premium ingredients. So we're sourcing everything. So, so our protein is grass fed. It's undenatured whey protein. If I take our protein, I won't even put it in coffee or cook with it because I don't want to mess it up. It has colostrum in it. It has collagen. It's a two to one blend of whey and collagen. And that's just one example. But so here's another example of, of ingredient quality. Most BCAA products are made the source of the actual amino acids is either human hair or bird feathers. Okay. Yeah. Does, now, that sounds bad, but is that really a big deal? I mean, yeah, right? I mean, it does sound bad. I mean, they're going to go in the lab. They're going to take – they're probably taking you know, the chicken feathers off of a Tyson chicken, and they're going to somehow isolate that down into a powdered – isoleucine and leucine and valine and then stick it in a capsule and send it to you. And I think that sounds bad and I think it is bad, but I think that's, that's for the consumer to, to, to decide, right? I mean, well, are there going to be contaminants with the, the types of, uh, are there still going to be like, cause if they do that, they take human hair or chicken feathers, they're going to have to go through some processing, some use some probably right. pretty crazy chemicals to get to that are there still contaminants left over can you tell us anything concrete about that or you're right it probably the final product is probably a pretty pure amino acid but i mean still the source and then like you said all the chemicals that have to be used and applied to it to get it there it's just a lot easier you know ours are a botanical source so in our mind it's just a lot easier to say you know hey let's just start with something that's clean and pure to begin with isolate it and, and package it instead of, you know, having to go through, uh, you know, go from a pretty gross source and, and then, like you said, having to use all these chemicals and stuff. So, but that's, that's one product, you know, that's for us, it's, we want 
premium ingredients, but then it's also because there there are a lot of consumers that only want the best ingredients and the highest quality there. But the open source thing is to say if you look at the back of any of our labels, you know exactly how much of every single ingredient is in there. So Siltep is our uh, flagship nootropic. You can look at the back and it says there are no proprietary blends. You could theoretically you could order each individual component in bulk and make your own. Uh, I say theoretically because we have a patent on it, and if you do that and start selling it, then you know the government's going to tell you you can't do it. But that's what open source means. It means that you can see the exact formula, the exact amounts of every single ingredient, so you know what's going in your body. Mm, yeah, and, and I will say something else that m- may not be as apparent, but or obvious for someone listening, but those companies that do try to source the cheap stuff, that for me makes me trust them less because there's nothing wrong with trying to make money and and have a successful business and get paid well. But if you're trying to be cheap and trying to source things in a way where it's less about the consumer, less about the quality of the product, less about having or conveying a peace of mind to the consumer who's buying your product in a wild, wild west world that is the supplement business, then then that brings up red flags for me personally. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it's like you said, I mean, if this company is more worried about, you know, finding the cheapest source and even if that means the cheapest quality and then they don't care about you know, they really don't care about the consumer and the consumer's health. They just care about, you know, their bottom line. And, you know, look, business is business. Everybody needs to make profits to, to stay in business. But you, you shouldn't be doing that at the expense of the consumer. We live in a world where right now there's huge demand for pasture-raised meats and organic stuff, things from, you know, your local farmer as opposed to, uh, you know, this past week, the, the video came out from the, the Tyson chicken facility, right? I don't know if you saw that. I have not. I will link. I will, okay. I'm going to watch it right afterward, and I'll link that in the show notes as well. Yeah, so, so do that. I mean, it just shows how poorly the, the animal's lifestyle is and, and how poor their lifestyle is and how poorly they're treated. But, you know, so, so the point there is, is that, you know, look, I mean, I think everybody would agree that, that Tyson's is more concerned with their profit margin than the health of the average American who eats chicken. And I think that's kind of the the comparison that that I'm making with some supplement companies where I mean look, the the one company that had 18,000 or 1800% more sugar, that's not an accident. And that didn't occur once. It occurred multiple different tests, so multiple different production runs. So, I mean, that just says, you know, these company made a conscious choice to not only remove sugar, but I mean, they added sugar uh, and they filled uh, in a product sold by weight, they added sugar and basically are selling sugar. Well, of course, your blueberry pie protein shake tastes great when it's nothing but sugar. So, you know, I think I just think that that's something that as a consumer, I would be irate if I was buying that powder and found that out. And, and that's, again, that's, you know, kind of where I started with this. It was that, you know, the genesis of natural stacks was we didn't want that and we wanted something better. So we said, hey, let's make it ourselves. Yeah. And I'm a big fan of what you're doing, what natural stacks is doing. And I love the supplements and I've, I've done reviews here and I've been very open and honest about my experiences with some of the supplements. You know, I, I did not have a good time taking the smart caffeine, but then again, I get heart palpitations if I take NyQuil, which I had to do because I was sick for the past week. So I, I don't do well. So it was very quick to put that in perspective. And also for other people who are maybe prone to anxiety, panic attacks, etc., it's not something to experience with, but experiment with. But love the protein powder. In fact, my knees started my in, in particular my left knee which has has a few more miles on it than the right one from some of the the Brazilian jiu-jitsu training it started feeling better and I didn't it wasn't something I was looking to do even though I've experimented with collagen in the past I never had a noticeable difference but my knee started feeling better 
after I started taking the protein and I started asking myself, what am I doing? Is it my wonderful mobility regimen? I don't think so, even though it's pretty good. And then I was like, oh, it's the collagen in this thing. And I started reading up about collagen. I uh, really love the protein, love the MagTech. It's the only magnesium, oral magnesium supplement that has never given me disaster pants. So you thank you for that. It's the only magnesium that crosses the blood-brain barrier. Right, the magnesium three and eight. Yep, so it actually goes into your brain. Here's the other part of this. This is actually really interesting. I'm glad you brought up MagTeam. Uh, we love it. It's a, a MagTech is our magnesium product. MagTeam is the patented name for the magnesium L3 and 8 that's in MagTech. So one of the issues with magnesium supplements, uh, we, we actually just had a newsletter about this on our email newsletter list, that there are two suppliers of magnesium that are selling what they're claiming to be chelated forms of mineral. So, so there, here's another thing. If, if any, whatever supplement you take, if you take a mineral, you want to make sure it's in the chelated form. That's the most bioavailable. But supplement brands, Blue Bonnet Nutrition, Vitacost, and Nature's Lab have brought class action lawsuits against a company called Albion Laboratories who sold those supplement companies magnesium glycinate that was not fully chelated. And that led to those other supplement companies to having you know, issues with their label claims because this, the supplier was actually selling them something that had magnesium oxide in it. Um, so uh, mag- the worst, cheapest BS yeah. form of magnesium, magnesium right. oxide. Right. So, so this again, it, it, even when like, so, so I'm sure Vitacost and, and Nature's Lab, I mean, those are pretty respected companies, but I would think, I would like to think or hope that they didn't knowingly do this, that they had the best of intentions. But, but there again, you know, if you're not putting a premium on your, your source and your supply, then if you get a lot of magnesium oxide and it's not absorbable and it's not getting to your brain, then it's got to go somewhere. And, you know, unfortunately, disaster pants is something that is associated with poor quality magnesiums. So if you're taking a magnesium and it gives you disaster pants, it's not you, it's the shitty magnesium. Yeah, very important. And also, if you're constipated, just buy some natural calm. It'll clear you right up. Just don't take natural calm for, uh, you know, actually getting your magnesium levels up. Well, and and think about it this way, too. I mean, what is milk of magnesia? Yeah, it's magnesium. What what form of magnesium is it? Sulfate? Yeah. And and what is it supposed to do? Uh, Yeah, uh, to loosen everything up. Make things flow freely. Right. So, I mean, it's, it's not like Ted and I are making this up. Like, you know, so. Oh, well, you anybody can experiment with it. Just <laughs> just take a few teaspoons full. Someone else recommended Natural Calm, and I know a lot of CrossFitters who are into it. It's a garbage supplement unless you're taking it to get things moving because uh, you're a bit backed up. But, man, it's it's like garbage. I was impressed with how terrible it was. <laughs> yeah, it was terrible. But MagTech, on the other hand, it's my the only oral supplement that I've experimented with that never gave me that issue. And because I've experimented with uh, amino acid chelates, magnesium glycinate and magnesium citrate and other ones, and I just, I've never had an issue and I tested it. I took more, triple, I believe, than what was on the label because I know it's in a double dose form, right? You're supposed to break up the dose and it at two different times and never had a problem. I was very impressed with it. So we love hearing that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. The Siltap I enjoyed as well. It just wasn't as strong as the nootropic stack I was taking beforehand. But I think if anybody is, if I, and I know I've promised to do a nootropic episode for a long time, it will happen one of these days. I just don't feel like I'm perhaps the expert 
to put something together like I've experimented with enough and know enough about this science. But if you are looking to experiment with a nootropic, it's a solid choice. And brain chemistry is very individual. So what works for me based on how my brain chemistry is, and, and you know you've listened to me, I'm pretty wacko, so... I'm a little, I'm a little out there, a little hyper. So it may be, it may do something different for you. So it's definitely worth, definitely worth experimenting with. And you have a ton of other supplements that are not a ton, actually. It's a very curated group of supplements. And Ryan, you have a special offer for the Legendary Life listeners, don't you? We do. We believe that everybody can be legendary and we want everybody to live a legendary life. So it's really cool to be on the show. We're going to do a 30% off discount site-wide. All you have to do is use the coupon code Ted Rice, all capitals, T-E-D-R-Y-C-E, no spaces. And like I said, it's 30% off site-wide. So, you know, like you said, Ted, we've got, uh, it is, it is a specially curated line. We have a, a physical performance stack that you can get as a stack, or you can get individual components, biocreatine, uh, BCAAs, and our grass-fed protein. We have the mental performance side, which includes Siltep, some other nootropics, the Magteen. Uh, and then we have our, our performance essentials, which, you know, vitamin D, krill oil. We have some really cool and exciting products, curcumin and prebiotic, which is a resistant starch complex. So, yeah, go check that out. And, uh, you know, Ted, if you want to do the nootropics episode, let me know uh, because I know we talked about doing that. And I don't even think we really have talked about nootropics much, have we? No, and if you're the man to ask about that, I'm I'm happy to have you back and to talk about it more. Absolutely. And for those of you listening right now who experiment with supplements, you know that I say it's all nutrition, it's exercise, it's sleep. That comes first. However, supplements can really take you to the next level. I don't think it'll ever get to the point where we're eating foods that can take us to the level that supplements can get us to. So make sure you have your basics handled, but then, hey, experiment with some supplements. If you want to try a nootropic, try the Siltep. If you need some relaxation and, in, in, uh, you know, stress reduction in your life, try the MagTech. If you're suffering from a little bit of arthritis in your joints because you've been too wild and crazy like I have, Try the protein powder that a, a, has collagen in it. It also has colostrum in it that's going to help your immune system when you're training hard. And try some of the other ones that, that uh, Ryan mentioned. And also let me know. One of the things I like about Natural Stacks, by the way, Ryan, is that you have reviews on the supplements on your site. Now, if you sell them somewhere else, of course, they're going to let people do reviews, but you guys have a lot of reviews. So if you experiment with something with natural stacks, let me know. Was it a great experience? Was it an okay experience? Let me know and leave a review on, on their website as well. Just make sure you take everything into consideration because like I said, I didn't have a great experience with smart caffeine because I just don't, you know, I drink coffee and that's, that's about the extent of my caffeine intake but it wasn't the fault of the supplement. So just keep that in mind as well. Be a good consumer. <laughs> Be a good consumer. I like that. Hey, so one other thing on the MagTech, you mentioned if, if people need feel like they need calm or relaxation. Because our MagTech, uh, it, it's the magnesium l 3 that's in there because it crosses the blood-brain barrier, it has been shown in studies to increase synapse density within two weeks of use and it lowered brain age by an average of nine years by turning gray neural cells back to green. So it's a nootropic in itself uh, and it's actually in clinical studies right now, second, second level or second generation or whatever the pharmaceutical thing is at Stanford University as a potential anti-Alzheimer medication. Wow, that that is cool, and I don't know what the gray to green uh, brain cells are. I'm gonna we're gonna when we don't have time to go into that. I want to wrap things up and be uh, respectful of your time and also our listeners' time. So Ryan, it sounds like we got to get you back on, but I'd love for you to leave with leave the listeners with some final 
words. So go for it, my man. The stage is yours. Oh, man. Put me on the spot. Well, I, I, let's keep it kind of relevant to, to the discussion that we've had already. And I think it's realized that, you know, this is the Legendary Life podcast. So if you're listening to this, you, you probably already believe that you have the power and the control to, to create your own future and create the own life for yourself that you want. So continue to surround yourself with awesome people doing great things. Immerse yourself in the, the culture that you want to be a part of. Continue to educate yourself and, and experiment. Realize that when one person, whether it's Ted or myself or anybody else, is telling you what works for them, you know, keep in mind uh, what that person's goals are and where they are in their journey. And keep that in mind it gives you perspective on why they're saying what they're saying or, or why it's working. So uh, I think that's just something that's important to keep in mind when you listen to, to people's advice and opinions and try to judge whether or not that, you know, that works for you. So come check us out, uh, Optimal Performance Podcast. We're at naturalstacks.com. A lot of really cool information and a lot of really cool people like Ted who, who follow us and listen to us and Ted's actually going to be on our podcast too. So yeah, yeah, I think that's it. Awesome. Well said. We all need to figure out what works for ourselves. And we also need to keep in context what experts say. So even, even what I say, even what Ryan says, no matter who you're listening to, keep things in context, understand what their goals are, what they're trying to achieve and make an informed decision from there. Definitely go check out the Optimal Performance Podcast. He's got some amazing guests on there and definitely go check out Natural Stacks and use that coupon code, Ted Rice, all capital letters, and please spell my name right, R-Y-C-E. <laughs> and go check out some supplements and enjoy the 30% off on Ryan. Ryan, thanks so much. And I'm looking forward to doing it again soon, man. Awesome. Ted, thanks for having me. And uh, this was a blast. What a great episode. What an informative episode. I'm going to keep this quick because it's already been an hour and seven minutes. So the top three takeaways are number one, you can't trust the government nutrition recommendations. I doubt many of you are actually listening to them. You're probably listening to podcasts. Other than this one, you're listening to this one, you're reading blog posts, watching YouTube videos, perhaps checking out what your friends are sharing in social media. And you have to be careful who you trust with information. That's why I try to bring the best information on the net to you, the best people, and I try to put it in perspective for you so you don't get caught up in what the government says or some guru says or anything like that. I really want you to make your own opinion, to try what, to experiment with different things, to see what works for you, and to enjoy the results from that. And I do believe we all need to experiment a bit to find out what does work for us. So number two, make sure you're read up on any and all supplements and supplement companies that you're a consumer of because you just may be a consumer who's getting ripped off because the supplement company is engaging in these unethical and potentially illegal practices. And as Ryan mentioned, some of them aren't illegal. They're just unethical, like the proprietary blend thing. So I want you to be an educated consumer. I don't want you to blow your money and I don't want you to, to buy into the marketing or anything else. I want you to read the ingredients list on supplements. I want you to check out that supplement company's record. Have they been busted for anything? If so, what was it their fault? Was it quality, etc.? And the last thing is supplements can be a great addition to an already solid health and fitness regimen, but you better have that solid foundation first. What did I say about supplements that there's no supplement that can make up for poor quality sleep, a crappy diet, or a terrible workout program? You need to have those things down first. Now, supplements can help 
but you need to have those things down first. And taking magnesium to help you relax before you go to bed at night, awesome. To taking a Siltep nootropic or nootropic like Siltep in the morning to cut back on your caffeine or Red Bull coffee intake. Okay, great. But don't expect any magic from any supplement. It really has to do with the basics and supplements are a way to tweak things to, to get you to the next level. So keep that in mind. And I do want you to take advantage of the 30% off. So I'm going to share it with you one last time. Naturalstacks.com, type in Ted Rice, T-E-D-R-Y-C-E, all capital letters at the checkout, and you will get 30% off up until September 1st. So that's what I want to leave you with. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did recording it. I'm so excited for this. We're all going to win on this and and it's going to help me take this podcast to the next level. So with that, I hope you have an amazing week and I'll speak to you soon.